Welcome to the Shepherd King Podcast. We exist to equip pastors and leaders in the local church to transcend beyond current culture, to see government through the lens of the gospel, and engage as modeled in the scriptures. I am Leo Lazzarini. And I'm Greg Baker. And I'm Josh Hirschberger. Welcome to the Shepherd King Podcast. As you notice, today we have a special guest all the way from Indiana. And I would like for Greg to introduce our guest, uh, his position, his involvement with the Church Ambassador Network, and a little bit of his background. Greg, would you mind just introducing Josh for us today? Yeah, absolutely, Leo. So as listeners know, Church Ambassador Network, we've been trying to not be Iowa-specific, but also not even nationally specific. So we know we serve an international God, and government is an international institution. So we've been talking, we've been through the Daniel Impact, replicating the work of the Church, of the church Ambassador Network in different states across the country. And currently, as you guys are listening to this, we're in 17 U.S. states. And one of our earlier states on that's been working with us for five years is the state of Indiana. And Josh Hirschberger serves as the director of the state of Indiana's Church Ambassador Network. And he has been since we started there. And he's actually one of our best performing states in the country. He's joining us on a couple visits here in the state of Iowa. We're glad to have him here. And we figured since we had him here on town, it'd be good to have him here on the podcast as well. Awesome. Well, welcome, Josh. Josh, please share a little bit about yourself, your family uh, background, and then what attracted you to uh, start the work of Church Ambassador Network in Indiana? Well, first of all, it is great to be here in the state of Iowa. Um, which is actually kind of becoming the center of the world um, in the sense that my small little town in north or southeast Indiana, uh, we have our first Casey's, and they actually just tore down a bank like three miles down the road to build a second Casey's. So I'm glad to be here at the center of the universe. <laughs> Casey's is taking over the world. It's great. It's great. And I have learned that Casey's is a pizza restaurant that also sells gas. Just so, hey, I, you know, I know the culture here. Um, <laughs> no, I, and Josh... We proudly served you your first piece of Casey's breakfast pizza. This is true. He came on visit years ago. Now, do not confuse Casey's pizza for breakfast with Casey's breakfast pizza. That is known to shipwreck presidential. <laughs> yes, I've, I've learned. I've learned that. Uh, I also saw a tweet. I know we're off topic entirely at this point, but I saw a tweet from your U.S. Senator Joni Ernst holding a piece of Casey's pizza uh, with just on a tweet, it just said 99 with her holding a piece of Casey's pizza. And a few years ago, I would have had no idea what she was talking about. But now I'm glad to say I know that she's had a piece of Casey's pizza in all, I guess, 99 counties of the great state of Iowa. So I'm grateful for Greg's friendship and also Leo's as well. Grateful for this movement. I am uh, both a pastor, but also an attorney. Uh, So people sometimes ask me how I can serve God and the devil all at the same time. (laughs) But I felt a call very early in my life, probably high school, kind of best that I I can remember, to certainly spread the gospel, but also to defend religious freedom, work to try to renew the American experiment in ordered liberty. And when I came out of law school, was ordained as a pastor, uh, began working in the public square, I kind of realized two things. One, I felt as an attorney that I was kind of sticking my fingers in the holes in a dike and running out of available fingers to to stick in there as culture was changing so quickly. But then I also was very unsettled by what I felt as a a dissonance or disconnect in between how I was ministering at my church and then how I was ministering in the public square. 
Uh, they're just done very differently. And here, being a young pastor and attorney, like, am I going to be the one to say, look, the emperor has no, no, no clothes on or something, this is being done incorrectly? Um, so I really wrestled with that and actually began doing something similar to Canmore at a, a local level. Mm-hmm. And so when uh, our state director reached out to me and said, look, Iowa has piloted a project where pastors are coming up to the state house to be pastors, they're praying with their elected officials, they're ministering to them, they're partnering with them, I actually thought it was too good to be true, <laughs> but then they said, hey, come out and meet Greg, meet the family leader, and even at, at that point, it's, it's not as well-defined as it is now, but I saw the heart of this mm-hmm. ministry. I saw Greg's heart. I saw his commitment to his local church, which was, and I kind of described a very similar disconnect in between the way he saw ministry at his church and the way he saw ministry in the public square. So it was that different model um, gospel-centered, having the church be the church, uh, regardless of party, and just trying to serve, be the hands and feet of Jesus in the state house. Uh, that is, again, I thought it was too good to be true, mm-hmm. and then I was glad to discover it was not. And we launched in Indiana in 2019, and I've just been blessed to see how God's been using it there. Josh, uh, why would you say it was too good to be true? Like, what, what was your previous experience, even as a pastor, your background, when you, when you thought about government or politics or any engagement you had before, um, what was your experience before, and why did you think the Church Ambassador Network was something very uh, different, maybe too good to be true? I thought it was too good to be true because the way that I saw Christians engaging in public life was essentially doing politics like everyone else. Mm-hmm. Now, elections are important. Litigation is important. Who's on the bench is important. Who's in that office is important. But I I didn't see a reflection of the gospel is what transforms lives. And we're commanded to pray for our governing officials. Hmm. But it's hard to do that when you're putting their face on a bus and coming up with cute names, you know, derogatory names for them. Now, I, I defer to Christians, you know, to to speak truth to power, that is one aspect of what we do. Mm-hmm. But throughout the New Testament, you see a call to gentleness, uh, mm-hmm. to avoid controversy. And so just the spirit in which public square ministry is being done, mm-hmm. I-, I didn't see it. And certainly when you get involved in public life, there are a lot of tensions, mm-hmm. uh, winning elections, raising money. But I didn't see a ministry that was managing those and pointing that ministry towards, hey, we're going to do this in a biblical, gospel-centered way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I kind of almost despaired, frankly, of, mm-hmm. of being able to do it in partnership with existing ministries. I almost felt like I'm, I'm going to have to just kind of go out and do, uh, do some, my own thing. Now, there are a lot of great ministries out there. I just didn't have access to some, some ministries, but that's why I felt like it was too good to be true. Mm-hmm. I was just so grateful when I came out to Iowa and saw that opportunity. I remember when Josh first came out, Leo. I remember thinking, this guy's going to be special. Ministering to government is not an easy place to minister because the many political pitfalls that there are in government. Mm-hmm. I saw a young man that's moved by his church, moved by people, and had a desire to serve. Mm-hmm. I remember when we went in debt. COVID lockdown in March of 2020, which only would have been a little bit more than a year. 
of the Church and Bass Network operating in Indiana. That was my first session. Yeah, and <laughs> any startup, that, that's difficult. But I remember Josh saying, I'm going to use this season to help as many people as I can. Mm. And we see this in every aspect of life. It's not surprising. When you lead out in service, you will be amazed at where the Lord will give you favor. And that's exactly how Christ led out. Christ led through service. And what we've seen in government, initially just started as a story in one small state and one small capital mm-hmm. that we're now seeing in other states. And I'd love for Josh even just to share what he's seen at the capital, Indiana. When you lead out in service, mm-hmm. you will be surprised at how people respond. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Josh, would you mind sharing with us um, a little bit of what you have seen in Indiana, um, how God has worked through uh, you in, in the ministry there, a um, little bit of your team in Indiana, maybe like two or three highlights of um, how you have seen this approach to government uh, bear fruits for the kingdom of God? And so I appreciate that Iowa often talks about the word favor. I mean, you see that throughout, especially with some of the the Old Testament figures that mm-hmm. Joseph had favor with Pharaoh, etc. And so much of what has happened in Indiana, I can really only account with God's favor. Now, mm-hmm. I'm grateful for the model and even being out here and um, seeing how it's done. All of that's been helpful, but just some of the doors that have opened, uh, I can only account... Uh, God's favor. And one of the, the highlights for us is that God has, has given us a relationship with our governor, uh, Governor Eric Holcomb. And I, I so appreciate his heart for the state of Indiana, um, his, his willingness just to def- befriend us, you know, give us a chance in a sense. Yeah. Um, listeners of the podcast know every meeting we have, we open up the scripture and I, I joke with some people, it's like kind of going to a meeting and pulling out your sword, and people are like, what are you going to do with that? <laughs> you know. <laughs> and just from the very beginning, um, him giving us almost an hour in his office with various denominational leaders, mm. um, we, we opened the scriptures and shared with him from First Peter about this vision of government, um, how his job in scripture is to punish evil but to promote good, and that complements the church's role of fulfilling the Great Commission and, and doing good. Mm-hmm. And just kind of right away saw the hope, you know, the state's kind of coming out of the pandemic. Uh, we we have massive issues like every state in the United States does. And he we asked him, what are issues that the church can help with? And he just racked off foster care, the drug crisis, mm-hmm. and mental health. And I think I was like, oh, yeah, we'll get on that by Tuesday. <laughs> These massive interrelated complex issues. Uh, but then asked us to do a listening tour throughout mm-hmm. state government in the state of Indiana. Um, in which we've we've undertaken and we've studied what is the state doing in those areas and then what is the the church able to help with. Uh, We put together a community impact plan earlier this year. We're encouraging churches throughout our state to engage those issues. So Mm -hmm. certainly to be able to say that God's given us a a connection with our governor, uh, we've been so blessed by that. We we also have a strong relationship and our the director of the Department of Child Services, her name is Terry Stignan, and she just resigned, took another position. We're really sad to see her go, but mm-hmm. we're able to connect with her, and she asked, actually came on our podcast and, and asked the church to go upstream with mm-hmm. DCS, meaning before kids are removed, go upstream with DCS to keep kids out of foster care. So all of those, I've just been so blessed to see the partnerships that we've been able to build, uh, the, the meetings that we've had. This last session, Oh, God bless us. We were able to connect with 127 
out of 150 legislators. And just as you know, here in Iowa, just so many divine appointments uh, where you sit down with the rep, whether Republican or Democrat, and even some of those that I would normally consider it would be ideologically uh, different on some issues. When maybe a year or two ago, I'm like, that person would probably never sit down with us. Mm. Um, and we were able to get what I thought was going to be a five-minute meeting. And 30 minutes later, this rep is in tears sharing mm -hmm. with us an issue in their home, asking for prayer. Um, but there's, there's one – so I've talked about the governor, the head of DCS, but one of the highlights uh, this last session for us was actually with the freshman legislator. And she told us that she'd been called of God – uh, into that role, was not involved before, uh, was, she felt led to address a particular moral issue. Um, and, and she did so at kind of great cost to herself um, in that it, it was something she did that at first leadership was not involved in. If you've been at the state house, you know that means you're kind of persona non grata for a little while. Mm -hmm. And so every time we were able to, we saw her, I was afraid she was going to quit. I mean, it was just very, very difficult. She's hours away from family. Um, so every time we would just encourage her, pray with her, say, don't forget when God called you here. And the last day of session, we came back in around five o'clock because we knew it was going to be kind of a marathon session. Mm -hmm. And she was actually waiting for us outside of the, the doors of the chamber mm -hmm. and just said, I wanted to see you guys before you left and just wanted to say, thank you. You helped me get through the session. And, uh, believe that she'll be there in the legislature again, uh, legislature again. And so you, you have the moments with the governor, mm -hmm. but then God also opens up doors there. And our deputy director, Herson Cardona, is mm -hmm. an Hispanic pastor. Uh, we've seen that really change our ministry in the last year. Uh, there was a particular day he brought up about 25 Hispanic church leaders. Uh, we were able to meet and pray with our first um, Hispanic secretary of state. His name is Diego Morales. Um, he's a fellow believer. Mm -hmm. um, so they're in the Secretary of State's office. We walk in, and he sees the group and reads the room. Mm -hmm. uh, so it says, Inglés or Espanol? And everybody's <laughs> like, Espanol. And I was like, you guys go. <laughs> you know, and I, I am trying to become conversational in Spanish. I know enough that he was there sharing his testimony awesome. um, of faith with this group. And so I'm uh, grateful for her son, also Rachel Branley, who's a former pastor's daughter, and she's our scheduling assistant, kind of the Denise uh, mm -hmm. of, of Iowa, and so grateful for our team. But, you know, we're just grateful for the way God is moving, and I, I really believe the reason why uh, so many of those doors have opened is just the faithfulness to open up the Word of God, even when it is kind of awkward at first mm -hmm. at times, um, and just share Scripture, and that's what's not returning void, and I think that's what God's honoring us with uh, relationships in, in, the, in the state of Indiana. It's the reason I love... Like Leo, you and I were talking earlier before we started recording. We need to start doing this with all the states that come in. I think people will be very encouraged. Some we hear regularly. We never asked to do this in Iowa. I really believe the ministry is brought to us here. We most certainly didn't ask to do it in different states. Some we've been told regularly, though, is uh, that's great that that worked in Iowa. Mm. That doesn't mean it's going to work here. And I've always rejected that. Because the model of ministry here is modeled off of the Bible. Hmm. Nobody reads the book of Ephesians and goes, well, that worked in Ephesus, <laughs> but I'm not going to apply that to me. 
who reads the book of Philippians, well, that worked in Philippi, Mm -hmm. but it's not going to work with me. It's God's word. It's timeless. Mm -hmm. We are reading words from apostles so long ago. They're just as relevant and piercing today. Like I read in Acts 18 this morning with the ministry mindset that Paul had in Athens. Mm -hmm. It's like that mindset still works, go on, enter the marketplaces, speaking the truth, some ridiculing and asking, resurrected of the dead, mm-hmm. others saying, come teach us more tomorrow, and then others following him that very day. Mm-hmm. Where the word of God goes, mm-hmm. it will turn things upside down. Mm-hmm. Where the word of God goes, it requires change. Mm-hmm. And it might call change differently in Indiana and Ohio and Iowa and the United Kingdom and Brazil, mm-hmm. but it will call for change. And it will not be to conform to some earthly standard of the day because mm-hmm. the earth standards are always changing. If you're politically sick of something, wait a long round long enough and the old pendulum will swing back. Mm-hmm. That's what human history does. But God will always call things to conform to his kingdom. And as an unchanging kingdom, that is why it's not an outdated strategy. His kingdom was and is and is to come. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what Josh is doing in Indiana. He is bringing the kingdom of God into the offices of representatives, senators, and the governor, just like we're bringing the kingdom of God here, but just like the person can bring the kingdom of God right there in the capital of Beijing. God's word will never be outdated mm-hmm. and is our ultimate place to play. Mm-hmm. Human tactics never have worked and never will work. Mm-hmm. But God will show us time and time again, if we just be faithful, mm-hmm. that his way will always prevail. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing that in many states today, red states, blue states, and purple states. Mm-hmm. Amen, Greg. Amen. That is right. It's the strategy we see in the word of God. Bringing the kingdom of God to every place, including the government halls. And Josh, to to end our time today, I'd like for you to speak uh, into why do you think this ministry is important to our country, the culture today, and also to the church? Why do you think that the Church Ambassador Network is such an important ministry today? So I, I'll start with the church because I do think the church is the institution that God created to transform our societies. You know, mm-hmm. you, you see that in the book of Acts. I'm actually going through uh, the book of Acts, I'm preaching through that in my home church, and every time you read it, it's just so encouraging. Um, and, and I appreciate that this ministry is framed as a help to the local church. We realize that we're here to support the Bride of Christ, and it is the gospel, and the church is going to bring transformation. And I think the church is in a pivotal, pivotal moment in the United States. Now, certainly the church is going to continue, the church will continue even despite persecution. But at a moment where people have stopped just coming as as often as they have in the past, it's mm-hmm. not something even culturally that is encouraged. We're all so busy and we're pushed to be individuals that succeed. And in response to that, sometimes because of the cultural pressure, uh, the church can kind of turn inward, can kind of shut out the windows, chain the doors, and what I appreciate about CAN is that it it assists the church in saying, no, that's not going to be our response to this. And I appreciate mm. churches. I've, I've been to Willow Creek, where I know both of you attend, and am so encouraged by a movement really around the country to return to preaching the whole counsel of God, preaching through the Word, um, and just being bold, 
despite changes that are coming against us. And and Can says, look, this is the church is an institution created by God, but so is government. And the church has a role there. The the church can minister there. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of pastors look at government and we're talking about pendulum swings. I think on one hand it's this kind of embattled church mode where we have to engage in even ever desperate political action, maybe even jeopardize some biblical principles for short-term political gain. That's kind of one approach. Mm-hmm. I think that's not biblical. Uh, the other one is kind of this exiled approach where we have nothing to do there, we have nothing to say there. And, and I've been so encouraged over the last few years to see pastors that would have considered themselves like entirely apolitical, like I do not go there. And they show up, and it's the simple act of showing them, oh, you can minister here. You can have an impact here. And so how, how does the church engage government? You know, can, I believe, provides that, that tool for the local church, where a lot of pastors just, whether it's seminary training or just not something they've done historically, I think it's the practical, hey, we'll tell you about it, but then come with us and let us show you how to do that well. The, for the, the country, I think the, the United States is also in a pivotal moment with an increasingly divided country. We have cut ourselves loose from a Judeo-Christian biblical foundation. And if I'm just honest, at times, I mean, there's, I'm hopeful, but also I, I try to be a hopeful realist, mm-hmm. and there are a lot of very discouraging, difficult things that are coming. And part of it is, how, how do you have a republic if you can't even have a discussion? Mm-hmm. And we're, we've, we've just gone to arguing with one another um, there's there's almost no um, discussion about how we're going to change this, uh, mm-hmm. whether it's the national debt or uh, what we're going to do about the, the breakdown of the family. I mean, we, we don't get past even some of the most critical controversial issues to talk about real root problems um, because mm-hmm. we're so at odds. So what's going to change that? I mean, where's, what's the traje- trajectory of the country? Who's going to go first? Like, what what force can come into the, that particular atmosphere and bring the light of Christ, mm-hmm. can bring a nonpartisan message to say, look higher, look to your king, mm-hmm. look back to the truth of God's word, mm-hmm. because a lot of these secular I- ideas are becoming bankrupt, mm-hmm. and we're seeing it unfold. I know that in Iowa you talk a lot about breaking bondage, but we're seeing it in Indiana as well. And so I see Ken as, as such an important ministry right now because in, for the future of the United States, um, our republic was founded on Judeo-Christian principles. It's, mm-hmm. it's made for uh, a people that can kind of govern themselves, that have self-control. And where, where is that going to come from mm-hmm. except from gospel-centered believers that come in, yes, we stand for truth, but we're also going to love you mm-hmm. and we're going to minister to you. And so... I don't hold out a lot of hope if there isn't a, a huge movement by the church to come back into this space and say there's a better way mm-hmm. to engage in government in the United States. Um, so for the sake of the church in quickly changing times, I think is a really important tool. But also for the country, it's a really important tool. Because other than this, the way we're doing politics right now, I, I don't think I'm the only person out there concerned about the future of this place mm-hmm. if something doesn't change. And that brings me kind of full circle back to why I, I took this job in the first place, was 
you know, so I, I mentioned kind of putting my fingers in the holes in the dike. I, I know that we win in the end, in a sense. Mm-hmm. But what I was not hearing was what's the game plan? Mm-hmm. Like, what's the 20 to 30 year game plan of the church to be good stewards of what God's given us here? And to me, can is the game plan mm-hmm. long term. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I think it's such an important tool for the church as well as for the country. That's awesome. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Josh, for joining us today in our podcast. Uh, thank you, Greg, for your time. And we thank you for listening to one more episode of the Shepherd King podcast. It is our hope that in the future we have other states. We have uh, multiplied the Church Ambassador Network in other 18 states by the grace of God. And we're excited um, to tell you more about the work that the church is doing in each of those states. Um, so thank you for joining us today. The Shepherd King Podcast is brought to you by the Church Ambassador Network, a ministry of the Family Leader Foundation that inspires the church to engage government for the advance of God's kingdom. For more information about the Church Ambassador Network, or if you would like to donate, please visit our website, thefamilyleader.com church.